As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Old Man Yell at Cloud. I am Christopher, and I'm here, joined as always by Mr. Jim Schultz, <laughs> Mr. Patrick Barry, <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Morphine's 1993 album Cure for Pain. Uh, we are joined today by Seth Kellogg. Hello. Who is a member of the Big Lonesome as well as the Liz Borden Band. So, Seth, how you doing? Good. And just a little bit of a background. Morphine was formed in 1989 by bassist and vocalist Mark Sandman, saxophonist Dana Cawley, and drummer Jerome Dupree. Sandman, a prolific musician who frequently experimented with homemade instruments, played a single-stringed bass guitar of his own devising with a slide, although he later added a second string. Well, fancy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're waiting for us to cut in, and I just had nothing. No, Sorry. I just kind of—I decided to give you guys a pause and see what happened. Um, they recorded <laughs> their you. debut album, Good, for the Boston-based Accurate slash Distortion label in 1991. The album received positive reviews and increased the band's audience. The band subsequently signed to Rykodisc, who re-released Good under its own imprint. Cure for Pain, 1993's follow-up, increased the band's audience outside of New England, and singles like Thursday and Buena picked up some college radio play. During the recording of Cure for Pain, Dupree was replaced by uh, Conway, although Dupree still played on some of the percussion work on the album. Album tracks Sheila and In Spite of Me were prominently featured in the soundtrack of the film Spanking the Monkey. Are you guys familiar with this film? I'm familiar with Spanking the Monkey. <laughs> the concept, not the, not the, the film. Not Conceptually, the film. you understand. Uh, the track Buena also appears in the first season of The Sopranos and in the Daria episode hey. The Teachings of Don Jake. In 2014, the album placed eighth on Alternative Nation's top 10 underrated 90s alternative rock albums list. The word alternative appeared a lot in that sentence. Yeah. Definitely a bummer follow-up to that. Uh, on July 3rd, 1999, Sandman collapsed on the stage of Nel Nome del Rock Festival at the Giardino Principa in Palestrina, Italy, outside of Rome. He was soon pronounced dead of a heart attack, and Morphine immediately disbanded. Um, their posthumous album, The Night, was released in 2000. In 2009, Colleen Dupree began regularly performing Morphine songs and new material as members of Morphine with singer, bassist, and guitarist Jeremy Lyons of New Orleans. In July 2009, the group played at Nel Nome del Rock Festival in Palestrina, Italy, marking the 10-year anniversary of Sandman's death and the location in which it occurred. As of That's 2014, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Saying. I don't know. It's like he wasn't your friend. I guess. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> as, as of 2014, the group was renamed Vapors of Morphine and regular performs in Boston and New Orleans and holds a uh, standing weekly gig at Atwood's Tavern in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh. 
So yeah, I guess uh, with with all that in mind, uh, we can we can start doing the thing that we do. So start with uh, the thing you do. Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. Just like the popular the popular uh, film by Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Did Tom Hanks pee in that movie? I'm pretty oh sure he did. Oh my god, he must have. <laughs> he peed right in that little kid's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Hey, I didn't write the movie. Listen, listen, kid, you're gonna make this song. The way I want it, or I'm going to pee in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, my little kid, I bet he was like a 17-year-old young adult. But in 1954, that basically meant you were like 35. Yeah. <laughs> you already smoking I'm, two packs I'm a, a day. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. <laughs> Whether or not Tom Hanks urinated in that yep. thing you do, which is number one, of course. We all do it. Well, yeah, I mean, they did have a number one hit, so it would be symbolic for him to, to you know, do to do the number to one. make that be the thing that he do. <laughs> the, the number o needers. Oh my yeah. god, there's a fucking YouTube supercut called Tom Hanks really has to pee. <laughs> so before we before we get too deep down the uh, the Tom Hanks pee hole, <laughs> I do I do want to mention that. Um, I want to put out a well-being check for Tom Everett Scott, uh, who is the lead actor in That Thing You Do. He was also in An American Werewolf in Paris. Yes, thank you. That's the guy. Um, and I believe uh-huh. it was also uh, Dead Man on Campus with Mark yeah. Paul Gosseler. Absolutely. Um, he was everywhere for like two years, and mm-hmm. now he's nowhere, and we miss you. Come on back to us. Yeah, I'm sorry I called you a little kid and, and uh, hinted at the fact that Tom Hanks urinated in your mouth, possibly off, off screen. We love you, Tom. Oh, I definitely love you, Tom. All right, so let's pick favorite songs. Uh, Patrick, what was your favorite song? I'm really going first. Sure. You are. Yeah, we're going to uh, go with this one. I'm going with a, with a kind of boring one, uh, Spite of Me. I don't, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's not like a morphine song of like when you think of more in, in the way that you would think of morphine, sure. uh, full band. But I just, I really love that song. It, it's, it serves a great purpose on the album. We were kind of touching upon that when, uh, when we were listening upstairs. It closes out side A uh, on just such a very tasteful, vulnerable, and genuine moment. Uh, yeah, it's just a really sweet song. Really, really nice arrangement. Uh, minimalist, good use of of, uh, of of like you know min you know minimal instrumentation. Yeah, it's good shit. Cool. Yeah. Seth, what was your favorite song? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, my favorite track was Thursday. After Patrick's favorite yeah. song, that would have been my my other favorite. Actually, that that's a fucking killer track. Yeah, cool yeah. way to swoop in on his moment. Sorry, no, it's all right. <laughs> Patrick's my friend. So. <laughs> I did use your pizza plate. Yeah, that's true. So we're basically brothers now. Yeah, that's a bond thicker than blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, actual brother. <laughs> yeah. Sauces who may or may blood. not listen to this podcast. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Oh, but uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's one of the all the songs pretty much on the album have stories, and I think that 
is one that probably uh, there's actually a threat of violence in that song. I think that's the only one on the album. Yeah, uh, certainly against the protagonist, not against yeah. the uh, not against another person. But like, yeah, that's the one where he's like, "I'm gonna get my ass kicked," so I gotta fucking get out of the wagon wheel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love that wagon wheel, man. Look, so that's a kid- wagon wheel. Yeah, that's the that's the spot in in Boston where, that he used to go to for the cheese, and and the wagon. When, when he was there. hankering for a hunk of cheese, he would he would go to the wagon wheel. Yeah, I remember that. I remember all of this. So, were we supposed to believe that that little yellow man who was obsessed with cheese and wore the cowboy hat and made his little wagon wheel of cheese? Were we supposed to believe that he was human? Wait, what are we talking about? That commercial, the hankering for a hunk of cheese. Is this after uh, before my time? I don't think it was before your time. They, show, they showed I mean, it forever. Yeah, they show it was definitely it was originated time, from was, the seventies, but they kept it going for a long ass time, like through the nineties. It's one of those. Uh, I'm gonna have to give myself a refresher. I think. Well, I you know what I can do that for you if you want to talk about your favorite song. Well, uh, before I do that, uh, uh, I just want to I want to talk about Tom Hanks some more. Uh, <laughs> I found a whole forum dedicated to Tom Hanks pissing in movies. I'm so glad we're uh, revisiting this. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, not just tonight. This is not the first time we've discussed no, this no, on the podcast. It's not. Uh, I can't confirm or deny if he did it in uh, that thing you do, because when it gets to that point in the thread, all of a sudden everybody stops talking about Tom Hanks and starts arguing about Dr. Pepper for some reason. All right, oh, man. I like Dr. Pepper, but it makes my belly all gurgly. <laughs> this is a discussion that they had to have. I love it, but it ruins my teeth. <laughs> oh, I remember that cheese oh, man. That cheese man. So is... yeah, do you think he was supposed to be human? Definitely not. No, that that's a cheese curd or something. So if he was made of cheese, did he enjoy eating it, or did he just want? Was he like a weird person who's like, I'm not a cannibal, but. I think you should eat some of my kind. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was definitely just throwing his buddies under the bus. Like, don't eat me. I'm anthropomorphic. Don't buddy. eat me. Eat this wagon wheel. <laughs> like, he's an entire wheel of, like, Parmesan Reggio. <laughs> Those fuckers are, like, 30 pounds. I Have you ever, ever been to the events where they crack them open? No. Um... Wait, Although it, I'm just, it's oh. pretty beautiful when they crack a big chunk. It is actually yeah. when they actually give you a chunk like right out of it when they open it up. It's fucking real nice. I fucking am love cheese. fucking loving the idea of this monster living in like a cheese utopia, just cheese as far as the eye can see, all different kinds. And he gained consciousness and sort of rose up out of it. And he doesn't know any better. He doesn't have to eat. All he knows is that there's cheese all around, and cheese is wonderful. So he just wants you to eat. The Earth that begat him. Dude, um, what if he's like he's like a it's like a Gollum Smeagol situation where he like I don't know like obtains some sort of trinket and just like slowly turned into this this weird cheese monster. Well, it's it's funny that you say Gollum because I was thinking of Gollum when you said that like Gollum. Oh, as in like the uh, the creature out of clay. Like he could be a cheese golem. Like someone mm. could have summoned him oh, forth. Like, like, like the from Jewish mythology. The, yeah, the exactly. Golem. Right. Like, like maybe the cheese impresario of Cheeseland or wherever he's from is like I got to move this cheese and I need someone to help me do it. So he conjures up this this cheese golem to come help him sell it. 
I got all this product I need to move right now. It needs to go now. And he, I yeah, better he turn has, to supernatural <laughs> means. Well, he has all this material. Yeah, of course he's just going to, I might as well use some of this to form a being to do my bidding for me. Uh, did you guys watch Wallace and Gromit when you were younger? Yes. Uh, yeah, from time to time. Oh, I love the one where they go to the moon and it's all made of cheese. Was it a grand day out? Yeah. 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 Their big day out. So what's your uh, favorite song? Um... So my favorite song is also going to be Thursday. One day she said, come on, come on. She said, why don't you come back to my house? She said, my husband's out of town. You know he's gone till the end of the month. Well, I was just so nervous, so nervous. You know I couldn't really quite... Uh, I really like the, the tribal groove that's kind of going mm-hmm. on with the drums. Uh, the guitar riff is sweet. Uh, there's this, like, this ride Tom sax thing that happens. It's just a really swanky song. Is yeah. It's got some swank. Sexy it. song. Yeah. Got some swank. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me personally, I'd say probably uh, I'm free now. I'm free now to direct the movies, sing a song, write a book about yours truly. Oh, I'm so interesting, I'm so great. I'm really just a fuck up in such a waste. It's uh, it's a little bit different from the rest of it sonically, even though it is one of the full band uh, songs on the album. And yeah, it's just a good song. It tells a good story. It's a good story. Kind of follows all of the different patterns that your mind follows after a breakup. Like where you're blaming yourself, you're blaming the other person, you're angry, you're happy, you're sad. Like the fucking now I can eat at a fancy restaurant sort of thing. Like yeah. <laughs> the chorus, that, that's uh, all the chorus is cool in that one. The uh, the way the cadence is and the cool. All right, well we we went around the horn once and we only got really off topic once. That's incredible. Uh, no, actually, right. come on, amateurs. Well, it was twice because we, we had we had Cheese Man and Hanks in there. So yeah. Cheese Man and Hanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good band name. Uh, yeah, that's a '70s soft rock duo. <laughs> cheese Man and Hanks. Let me, right. let me find something to go off topic with here. All right, Patrick. <laughs> Don't intentionally do it. Why, Patrick? My least favorite song was Candy. Yeah, it's just the only song I, I I don't know how else to say it. I just don't like it. I don't know. I, I like the other songs. That one just I don't know. Just the melody wasn't doing it for me. It felt pithy. Do you guys know the medical name for butt crack is the intergluteal cleft? Ooh, <laughs> that is sexy. So, what was your least favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um, candy is a close second to my least favorite, uh, but ahead with wings. Pretty repetitive to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, and it's just it's that one's just head with wings imagery through the whole song, and it's just yeah. kind of boring compared to the rest. It always makes me think of. Um, do you remember on In Living Color, the head detective? Oh, it was no. one of the weigh-ins was a detective, and he was basically like a potato head. Like, yes. so he was like a head with feet. Yep. So like, it was just like a running gag, and. Like, <laughs> if they were ever chasing someone, he'd be like, throw me! And, like, his partner would stick two fingers in his nostrils and, like, throw him <laughs> after the criminal. So That's this one, what I always think of with Head <laughs> with Wings. This one is uh, loosely uh, uh, relative to uh, our show here. Uh, there is a McDonald's in every continent except for Antarctica. 
God damn it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those poor bastards have down down in doing exploring Antarctica. Go, they got this, this is your this is where your they You're gonna open the first Antarctica McDonald's franchise. Fuck yeah! I'm gonna feed a bunch of penguins. I don't know. Oh, God. Can you imagine the Lovecraftian nightmare that would occur down there? So, like, you're building up in Antarctica, and obviously there's ancient aliens or something down there that you're going to disturb Nazis. in the process. Yeah. There's going to be something happening, and there's going to be some sort of, like, monster crawling out of your fry later that can only be <laughs> killed through love. Wait, wait, are there aliens in Antarctica? Haven't you ever seen The Thing yeah. or read any Lovecraft? Yeah. Uh, no. I Admittedly, I'm not. I'm a poser. The Thing's pretty awesome. The Thing is great. I, did, yeah. I know. I have been meaning to. I'm, I'm going to. As soon as I learn how to read, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what was your least favorite? Oh, my least favorite was Sheila. Because what the fuck is going on with that song? <laughs> Well, I mean, give, give me something more than that. It's just, I don't know. He's just fucking talking about this cat. It just like feels like he was bored. He's like, he's a cat. That is a cat. There's a cat. Check out the cat. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you had to pick something, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, on a similar note, I'm going to pick Sheila as well. But the the reason that I'm picking it is because I feel like I had enough of the classic sort of morphine sound already on this album, and to have that tacked on towards the end, I didn't think it was a strong enough song to warrant it. If something of, like, Buena quality was at the very end, then that would be a different story. Uh, but I, I don't think that this is quite up to par uh, for the rest of the tunes on the album. Um, I would agree, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that they're all in metropolitan areas, the McDonald's that you speak of. Uh, I, I'm sure there's got to be one in a very like weird remote spot. Yeah, in like rural Kentucky, there's got to be. Oh, this is an interesting. Oh one. no, I was thinking like Doctor Livingston style. Doctor Livingston, like a guy like peers through a canopy of trees, and then there's just a McDonald's <laughs> strip mall. It's McDonald's. kind of like Jacob's House from Lost, but it's a McDonald's. You, you just hear like the fucking buzz of the uh, the neon like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be fun if animals ran it. <laughs> yeah, monkeys. Yeah. It's like a monkey working the fries. Oh, man. What if Oliver, the, the chimp manzi, ran that McDonald's? Oh, that'd be oh, fantastic. That would be delightful. He's in there smoking. I love it. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> still wearing his would shorts. Would you like fries <laughs> with that? <laughs> Oh, my God. Something. oh no 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 no! He wouldn't be like that. He would be like the sign language in gorilla from Congo. So like, he'd say something, and there'd be this mechanical voice. Like, would you like fries with that? Don't don't, don't bring your wife to that McDonald's. No, <laughs> you try to make him wear a shirt, but he just won't do it. <laughs> he keeps getting his fucking monkey hair all over the fry. It's, it's a good thing that that location is technically in an unincorporated place because he is violating several health code rules. It's a good thing, like most of their clientele are like gazelles or wildebeest. <laughs> that would be so good if that was actually... So, alright, we're following this train. There's this McDonald's out in the wilderness that is staffed by animals. Like in the savannah or something. Yep, yep, yep. Just staffed by animals and frequented by the other animals in that area. Yeah. Can you imagine going there and seeing like the state of those animals? It'd be like going to Wild Kingdom at Disney and like seeing how well they're turning out. <laughs> oh well, yeah, and that McDonald's has to be like automated so that animals can just like hit a button or something. 
something and stuff happens. Yeah, they'd have to be rewarded. So like yeah. they'd have to know that there's a system like, oh, I press the red button and I, and I get a fucking McFish fillet. And Ray Kroc, he, he's he's really he really knows how to milk fucking any creature on this planet out of their body. The idea of other animals having money. <laughs> I'm glad you added money at the end of that because I yeah. thought it would just milk every animal. And I was like, what? it's only a matter of time before those guys figure it out. So I guess now is as good a time as I need to mention this. Um, so a little discovery that I had today um, while I was doing some research for this uh, episode and what have you. Um, of course, this is a related subject. Uh, the McDonald's by Patrick's house has its own <laughs> Facebook page. So I would encourage anyone listening to this, anyone taking part in this conversation, to do yourself a favor and take a minute to log into uh, facebook.com slash McDonald's 250 Maple Street. That's 250-M-A-P-L-E-S-T. And uh, just give them a like. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you have a chance to stop by there, stop by and uh, give them a review and let them know that we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag Marlboro McDonald's. Hashtag Bull Moose. Yeah. <laughs> five in Marlboro. Uh, Today's episode of Old Man Yellow Cloud is brought to you by Marlboro McDonald's. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> well, our, our, <laughs> enter coupon code Sad Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, the picture on our uh, Facebook page is actually taken at that McDonald's. That's true. <laughs> Good shit. All right, so we did the... All right, so MVP moment, Patrick. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to pick a fun one. Why not? Uh, the, the sax solo in, uh, sax solo in uh, All Wrong. <laughs> throws a little wah-wah on it. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's pretty fun. Yeah, I, I know what? I put a note on that. Not? My only note on that song was "Tasty Wah Sax." Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, it's cool. just sax. I mean, but like, mind. but actually, like that—that's just—I've never heard that effect used on a fucking saxophone, and like, only in morphine are you gonna get that shit. That I don't know. That's fucking cool. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. So MVP. Uh, I think I go with Buena. Um, so this record, uh, it kind of convinced me to move out to Boston. So I was playing in bands in Western Mass, and then, uh, this came up, and I was like, oh, it's a Boston band. My friends were really digging it, and I threw that on in the car. I think I was going between UMass Amherst and home on the highway, and then it just, like, kicked on. I was like, oh, man, this is pretty awesome. And about six months later, I moved out to Boston, and, you know, it's been terrible ever since <laughs> yep. you learned quick yep <laughs> uh james <sighs> um sorry to put you out <laughs> uh my mvp moment is actually also in all wrong There's this ride pattern thing that's kind of going with the saxophone. It might be even during the solo, but he's doing it during like the really predominant sax parts that I thought was pretty cool. And then there's like this, uh, also in that song, the the vocal and the sax are in unison with, which is also a part I thought was pretty cool. 
Yeah, that happens quite a bit uh, on this album. There's a lot of different spots where uh, where that happens. Uh, it happens on Cure for Pain too, right? And I'm free now. I believe it happens as well. Cure for speaking of Cure for Pain, I know we were talking Candy about this too. during uh, yeah. during the listen, but that song could totally be in an episode of Pete and Pete. Yeah, that would have mm. been so good because like Pete and Pete had such a good ear for music. Yeah, and like we we're talking about like Stipe being on an episode and. Well, good for, like, pop. capturing the, the specific 90s zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah. Like, really yeah, exactly. capturing that mood. I and miss that time. Yeah, I, it's it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Back in a similar time. Yeah, seriously. Um, cool. For mine, I'm going to go with something a little kind of... Not, not not something not too, too surprising. Uh, just Cure for Pain, uh, the title song. Someday. That last chorus just there's a little bit of a lift in the last vocal melody, and I think that that gives it just enough to kind of uh, differentiate it and propel the song forward. And I don't know, that's it, it's a great pop tune, um, and there's not a lot to it, but I think that that's a good thing in this case. Do you think the record company picked that song to be the title of the album, or was that a creative decision? Do you think that's the sort of pull that Ryko Disc commands, or <laughs> <laughs> big, big? Uh... Cigar chomping like yeah. suspenders guy at fucking Ryko disc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like well the band's oh, called Morphine. It's Oliver, so. Oliver the Chip Man Z. He's also uh, he's <laughs> also <laughs> Ryko disc. He's running Ryko disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Oliver! <laughs> <laughs> I can picture him just like signing, wearing a suit, and smoking that cigar. He's like signing, and the computer says, "Where's my cocaine?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Patrick, comparable album. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go real abstract and, and say uh, Led Zeppelin's three. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh, well, th- I mean, I feel like these were both bands that sort of figured out what they were all about, what their sound is going to be like right off the bat. Uh, and, and, you know, Zeppelin three and this album was just sort of continuation of that, uh, just adding more acoustic instruments, more folk instruments and shit. I don't know. Uh, that's that's what I got. Cool. Off the fly. So the um, I feel like a jerk because I can't remember the. It was um, a Verve album. What was the one that he they wrote for Noel? Uh, a Northern Soul. Yes, that I was getting kind of vibes of that and that laid back kind of feel. Yeah, and that also kind of captures the time. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd buy that. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, an interesting one. I'm going to go with 2004's Blast Tyrant by Clutch. Uh, Just because uh, they both have kind of that bluesy rock thing going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, For me, I'm going to go with uh, My Father, My King by Mogwai, uh, which is nothing like this whatsoever. Um, I bought them both, I believe, from Bull Moose on the same day. Hashtag Bull Moose. Hashtag Bull Moose. Uh, yeah, I believe I bought both of them at a bull moose and definitely on the same day. Um, and yeah, it's one is a 24-minute single song by a post-rock band based around a Jewish hymn. And uh, the other is an album by a low-rock band from Boston. And uh, you, there's obviously not a lot of similarities there. So it was, it's just strictly a timing thing for me. Cool. Yeah. 
Cool. I would say that the, uh, the, the this episode is airing September first, correct? It is, yes, yes. So, yeah, I feel I feel like this is a good album for the fall. I, I, mm. I've always felt that way. Yeah, I'd say that. And also, just in honor of September first, uh, to whoever is the person to get your U-Haul stuck under Storo, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> from two boys. <laughs> we salute you. There's Some one every asshole. year, and one of you out there exists right now, and you don't even know it. They they started putting it up on the digital signs on 93. Dude, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. It's been on the signs for years. Yeah. Dude, like CBS or, or whatever, uh, Channel 5 News is like legit sharing memes that are like, <laughs> don't be this asshole. <laughs> repeat it. It's like, but serious, it's like, repeat after me. Like, it, it's wicked fucking sarcastic. For those, for those not from the area, uh, so Starro Drive has a uh, an overpass that uh, moving trucks uh, of moving uh, college students get stuck under every year. Yeah, it's only like eight feet or something. And it should be noted too that Storo Drive sounds a little bit more uh, placid than it actually is. It's it's speed limit's like fifty five or something like that. It's it's, it's a, a ma- it's a major. It, yeah, it's a major. legit yeah. parkway. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Which you don't good park stuff. on a parkway. No, but you drive on a driveway, right? I, I think people have covered this before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably, I think our dads have covered this. <laughs> <laughs> they all got together at some point. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent of a podcast was in the 80s. A radio show. Radio show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> all right, let's, let's rate this thing. Patrick. Uh, all right. This, this is a really cool fucking album, and it, it's... Morphine is one of those bands that, you know, unlike Aerosmith and, and Jay Giles' band, um, I'm, like, proud to say that they're a Boston band. Uh, I, I, fuck, this is such a cool band. Uh, and I, I would say, for me, though, I, I'm going to give it a seven uh, just because there's not exactly a, enough for me to latch on to to give it any more than that. Uh, I, I just... I can listen to it every once in a while. Uh, other than that, uh, it's a seven for me. All right, Seth. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to do... Yeah, I'm not doing the points thing, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd probably say a seven, too. Um, I definitely agree that it's a little shallow when you start diving in on it. Yeah, kind of sparse in yeah. certain points. All the songs are really well put together. Um, they're easy to listen to, but... When you, I it feel like the album's a perfect length. If it was anything longer, it definitely wouldn't be pretty as cool as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just it's a great moment in time. Great album, great sound. That, that's the sound of the record is actually really well put together. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, mostly produced by uh, Paul Q. Coldery, who at this point in time would be coming off the heels of doing Pablo Honey. Mm. Another one of my favorite. Oh, he did Pablo Honey. He did, yeah. He did. I know he did like Dinosaur Junior at one point too, right? Yeah, him and Sean Slade together did uh, did Pablo Honey. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven as well. Uh, This is actually the first time I've heard Morphine consciously. I think. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've heard them in passing at some point in my life, but uh, this is the first time I've actually sat down and listened to uh, the band. Uh, I I dug this album. Uh, I think it's very swanky and and cool. And um, you know, you were talking about the length of the album, and I mean, these songs are pretty short, but they still feel like meaty and they've got substance to them, which I Absolutely. thought was pretty cool. How they were able to pull that off and not make an album that's an hour and a half long. Yeah, uh, drags ass. I think it was. 
think it was a good length. I think all the songs were good lengths. I don't think there was really a song on there that was like, whoa, this is awful. <laughs> um, I'll definitely check out some more stuff. Gets a seven yeah. from me. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and it, it, uh, it gets a nine for me. The whole... Basically, right up until Sheila, that whole stretch of songs, I just, I fucking love. Um, I like all of it. And, yeah, it's a good album. So it gets a, it gets a nine from Chaboy. So yeah. that gives us a cumulative score of 7.5. Yeah. So mm-hmm. definite passing grade for, yeah. uh, for our hometown heroes. I would, uh, yes, the album that comes out after this, I would probably rate about the same. It's definitely of the same cloth in my book. Yeah, I know Rick. Uh, Rick Red, who was on this show before, um, always told me that Yes was better. But I, it's one of those situations where um, it's similar to the song The Rat by The Walkman. I think that that is a perfect song. So I don't want to hear anything else they have recorded because I know it's not going to live up to that song. Yeah. So that's kind of my fear with, uh, with any other Morphine albums. It's like, well, they've set a really high bar. I don't want to be disappointed, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, I told I told you earlier that uh, I had a story to tell. Uh, <laughs> All right, kids, strap in. <laughs> no, this one's not as disgusting or creepy as it usually is. Uh, no children or catfish involved. So I will always remember. I, I never listened to Morphine, but I always remember Morphine because... <laughs> All right, the year is 2010. <laughs> oh, and, man. Uh, and uh, I'm dabbling in the live sound world. The sound of black keys are in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm taking some footsteps into the live sound world because I think, ah, maybe this might be fun. Uh, side story, it, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, people, <laughs> I could have told you that. Drunk yeah. people in crowds are fucking cunts. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think sound guys are fucking like miserable, cranky assholes? Oh my god! <laughs> like the live sound guys. I remember. I remember. I so I. All right. Side side story. Uh, I did live sound one night for a band, and uh, I ended up staying and doing sound for everybody else's band too. And the last band that went on was just fucking atrocious. Like, like I feel like these kids probably went to Guitar Center like. The day before, bought a bunch of instruments and started a band the night before, then played a show. Kind of like drum player Dan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Were they from Sudbury? <laughs> no. Oh, that would be so dope. But um, Dan and his Dan tones. But <laughs> Dan tones. But this this newly formed band decided to play a show and bring all their friends, and uh, they played a god awful show. And at the end, one of their drunken friends came up to me and told me I fucking sucked. And I was like, oh, I'm done with this. Because uh, I almost got in a fist fight with the kid. I was like, nah, Like, it was uh, your fault that the band yeah, sucked? Yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, it's a sound guy. How many people did they bring? Four or five. It wasn't, like, oh. anything crazy. All their friends. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. Um, but anyways, back to the more... So, so I was dabbling in live sound, and uh, I ended up doing sound for that band again but it was for a bigger event and they brought in uh like a you know a legit av crew to to run the show and i just kind of hung around and watched the guy run the board and everything and like helped out a little bit and i was like hey like you know i'm thinking about kind of getting into this and he's like oh well come come help us work on a on a show uh, we're doing in in sharon and i was like all right and ended up being a morphine cover band oh interesting and uh so I was like, yeah, I show up, I, I go to help him, and, like, 
it starts like raining and shit and one of the main speakers stopped working so the dude goes over to fix it and uh uh one of the uh, the speak on cables was loose so he's like i need gaffer's tape and i'm like i don't know where that is and he's like hold he's holding the the fucking the the cable to keep the the sound going through the speaker and he's like you got to go find the gaffer's tape so i'm like running around like a madman trying to find it and nobody's telling me where the fuck it is and and i run back and i'm like i don't know where it is he's like he's like i need the fucking gaffer's tape and i was like i don't know where it is uh, and then uh i left and uh, i never did live sound again i like that you followed that man to a second location well i mean he was a legit dude (laughs) he he was a legit dude he has a job is what you mean no he owns his own company like he had a right he he, has a job he had a van on on virtue of this man being employed you're like okay yeah oh I'll, yeah. I'll meet you and Sharon. Pee Gaskins <laughs> had a job as well. Oh, he, 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 he had some cool equipment. So where was this in Sharon? Right in the square. It was out in the uh, the intersection there. The main. I don't even know. The, I don't even know. That's I, a weird spot up, for uh, yeah. morphine. Yeah, well, cover they band. shut they shut down the street and did like a. Oh weird! That oh. is so weird. Yeah, I grew up in the town next to Sharon, uh, Norwood. Yeah, and that that is I couldn't picture a reason why they would have a morphine cover band playing there (laughs) i went to science camp in elementary school at sharon oh yeah it was called horizons for youth which as an adult doesn't sound great (laughs) sounds like a cult (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was thinking yeah but no are you ready to go to the horizon christopher (laughs) (laughs) drink this kool-aid Yeah. Don't was... mind the blood coming out of the sides of your eyeballs. <laughs> uh, so, like, a parent chaperone came and stayed in, like, all the cabins with the kids. And um, the, the chaperone in my cabin was this fucking dingus. He was, a, he was this kid I knew from around the corner. He was all right, but his dad was a real piece of shit. Uh, he made us do a relay race against another cabin just for, like, shits and giggles and for our own pride and for his own pride. <laughs> And I felt so bad because there was an obese kid on their team, and obviously he blew the whole thing for them. Like, it sucked. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not making a joke about the kid being overweight. It's like, it was really shitty watching this, like, shitty adult man, like, screaming at us. Like, if you lose, you're sleeping on the porch tonight. As this, like, poor kid's, like, trying to just keep up with everyone. Uh, I have a reverse story about a horrible fat man chaperone that I had for the New York trip in seventh grade. Oh, yeah? Oh, he was a horrible, miserable bastard, <laughs> and he had no right being a chaperone. Did he eat one of the kids? <laughs> he might have. He, uh, before we, like, the first, like, first fucking five minutes we meet him, he's like, all right, now listen. He's like, I could be a good time, or I could be a horrible ogre. You get to choose. <laughs> I can like, be a horrible ogre? Yeah. Was that a verbatim quote? Oh, yeah. Wow. Who talks um, like that? <laughs> and he had a cane, and he was extremely obese, and he walked, like, at fucking half a mile an hour. And we get to New York, and we didn't get to do anything fucking fun, because this motherfucker could barely walk. And he would go, if you're, if you're ahead of me, you're walking too fast. Oh, what the so fuck? We didn't, so we didn't get to go up in the fucking Statue of Liberty... And he's fat and he sucks. So oh, that's terrible. So he was a miserable ogre then during that. Oh, trip. he was. 
Okay. So he already made the decision early on that he was going to be. He woke up that morning. He, he he got up, put his fucking feet on the side of the bed, probably ripped a huge fart, and was like, "I'm going to be miserable today, an ogre." If you well, will. now, <laughs> now here's a question for you: Was he a parent? Oh yeah. Oh okay. I didn't know if he was just like some rando that they found. Yeah, his daughter sucks too. They all suck. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> I know, I know the feeling. Man, think about how many shitty parents you knew growing up. Dude, you know, as an adult, <laughs> yeah, you think about shitty that. Shitty kids you went to school with. Of like, course, they had shitty parents. I, I loved. So there was one family in particular whose name I won't mention, um, but they fucking had the parents of this family had no problem yelling at other people's kids. Oh, that, that I know. So the, I know that set of parents. <laughs> oh man, oh, we all know God. one of those sets of parents. Like they, there was one kid who, in like second grade, his mother would come in and we'd just be like in the hallway, like she was a goddamn fucking hall model. Like, hey, you stop running. You be quiet. You stop yelling. You get over against the wall over here. It's like, lady, who the fuck are you? The uh, dad of this unit that I was just referring to, he was a baseball coach. So my brother and his friends were at like one of the parks in Saugus playing baseball when they were like 12 or something. And I would have been like, yeah, they were like 13 maybe at the time. And I would have been like five. So um, the kid that was my age would have been like five for a little week. So yeah, that, that makes sense. So my brother and his friends are at the baseball diamond playing. And this dude arrives with like a bunch of little league kids. And he walks over to him. And instead of saying, hey, guys, you know, we, we've got the field for a little league. Like, do you mind wrapping it up? Which is what a reasonable adult would do. <laughs> <laughs> he goes up to them and he's like, hey, guys, the uh, the town of Saga says that we have the field now. So you guys got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a towny dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> one time, one time I called this kid up on a Sunday afternoon for the homework assignment. Sunday afternoon. It was like 2 o'clock. It wasn't like Sunday at 9.30 when I was in second grade or something. And this was pre-cell phones. So you yeah. actually had to call someone. Yeah, I called. You had, you had to hope that there was another voice at the end of that line. You oh, had no idea what you were getting into. Don't worry. So so the kid answered the phone. So I, oh, thank I, God. I, I, I got to ask him. And he's oh, like, I love it when that happened. And he's like, yeah, hold, hold, on, hold on one second. So he's like, shuffling around. I can hear him like going through his book bag or whatever. And I hear the father muffled in the background. I just hear... Who's that? And he's like, that's Chris Brown. What the fuck's he want? <laughs> <laughs> he's asking what the homework assignment is. Homework assignment? It's Sunday afternoon. Some kids just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. And that was when I was eight years old. <laughs> my, my, my best friend. Harsh judgment, man. My yeah. best friend in middle school and high school, my friend Josh, his dad was fucking <laughs> out of his goddamn mind. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but uh, Tom was there, actually. So Tom and I are at Josh's house, and uh, Josh's dad would, like... <laughs> trick everybody else's parents into thinking he was going to be home and then he'd go off and do something else <laughs> and fuck? we'd all be home alone at josh's house <laughs> doing god knows what but uh one afternoon tom and i are sitting in the living room and josh's dad is trying to like move like a fucking bureau up from the basement or something and uh josh is just like you know i was like sees his dad's like having a hard time and he's like hey, hey dad do you, do you want a hand with that and josh's dad goes yeah but i'm not gonna need fucking help from you <laughs> so they start getting in a fight how and, old were you guys oh god uh we were probably like fucking sophomores in high school or something <laughs> okay. like old that. enough to fight yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so they're screaming at each other in the basement and we just hear them like <laughs> yelling at each other fucking in the basement then they start coming upstairs and uh his parents were divorced and uh 
Josh's dad goes, I'm going to send you to live with your fucking mother. And Josh goes, I'm going to go live with your mother. And Josh's dad goes, you stay the fuck away from my mother. <laughs> and Tom and I are sitting on the couch like, <laughs> like trying not to fucking die. Oh, my man. God. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. We should have we should have like a mailbag segment where you have people send in their stories that we can read. Yeah, on that's air. a great we'll, idea. We'll read your tales. Absolutely, yeah. Send send your uh, send. Your, do you have a legit email address yet? No, we should probably get one. Yeah, because right, yeah, because that's what. In the time being, do. just email all your inquiries to Bull Moose and uh, they'll forward, <laughs> forward them to us. Yeah, or uh, stop by the uh, the McDonald's on Maple Street in Marlboro and just leave it with them. They have a box for Patrick, and uh, he picks it up whenever he visits. <laughs> oh no, who's that distributor that I got in trouble with at work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so dumbass over here. <laughs> I told you that story, right? Yes. So Where Patrick, why don't Patrick, you like pissed off Canada or something like yeah, that? Yeah. So no, okay, I I, I was <laughs> never given a proper e- like proper contact address for for our, our the company that Christopher and I work for. Uh, we, we have a distributor up in Canada, and I was never given like the proper contact for them, uh, for for their like customer support team up there because obviously they need to handle their own issues up there, so they're not dealing with fucking the duties and shit of, of sending things across the the border and whatnot. So. I, I never really got a proper address, and then someone, I, I don't know who it was, gave me the email address for the vice president of the, like, of, of the whole facility, and I was just Did you know he was the vice president, or did you just... No, no idea. I thought it was, I thought it was, like, a support there. contact, so all these, like, yahoos from Canada were, like, sending their complaints <laughs> to his vice president of the company, they're like, yeah, my radio is broken, I can't... Listen to my tunes no more. <laughs> like, oh, man. Hey, and, to I can't listen to my Bachman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, I, I got like CC'd in an email chain with that lady. It's like, please stop sending me these <laughs> uh, Good shit. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Shit. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Do you uh, have anything you want to plug? This is going to be going up on uh, Do you have September any good 1st. Stories? I feel like we've all told a story today, but you. Oh yeah, tell a story. Oh, plug a story. It's new. It's <laughs> it's a new requirement on the show. You yeah, have to, you oh, have to tell a tale. Uh, do we want to talk about the story of uh, all of the clubs closing in Boston? That's probably the most topical thing that's going on right now. No, tell tell us a story about you. Okay. <laughs> uh, we all bared the soul here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all parted the komodo, if you will. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think of something that's appropriate. Uh, oh, we don't talk about anything appropriate. On yeah, show. yeah. My last, uh, the last year has been a blur. Actually, being out on the road and then working again and stuff. You meet any uh, cool characters on the road? Yeah, actually. Um, who do I? Do? Actually, I'm going to put throw in a couple plugs. Uh, Jack Oates from Detroit. They're a great bunch of guys. Um, I sat in with them on the road because um, their bass player was unfortunately had to work with the big, you know, adversary to rock and roll. And uh, <laughs> work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, big work. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to keep us down. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, uh, Big Lonesome, we just are in the process of recording an album right now. 
Um, Same with Big Lonesome. I always try it. Just- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a family project because Chris's family with uh, two of the guys in the right, band, so. right by very large stretch. But yes, <laughs> by the <laughs> law, just by the law. That's that's the only by even the then by the stretch. stretch. <laughs> yeah, <but yes. laughs> um, story. Um, oh yeah. So one day I uh, I wake up at like four p.m. at my parents' house. And I've come to find out that my dad borrowed my car for the day. And the first thing I was like, oh, man, is he going to smell all the weed that we smoked last night in the car? <laughs> and so that actually, he's like, oh, I want to talk to you. I was like, oh, no. And then he was like, what's that CD in the car? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's uh, Morphine. He's like, oh, they're really cool. <laughs> so <laughs> you got a contact high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm really liking this this little outfit. I don't know who your magic pieces are, <laughs> but I love your pieces, Drake. <laughs> I really want McDonald's for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's. Oh man, especially that one in Marlboro. They got the dual drafter. Oh yeah, yeah. Over at uh, 250 Maple. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Fuck. Yeah, they just renovated too. They have two drive-throughs now. I did just mention that two drive-throughs, yeah. Yeah. the parallel drive parallel, yeah. Yeah, the one the one on Wakefield is fucking weird. There's like a box outside. <laughs> yeah, there the is. Guy, the guy has to sit in like all by himself. It's like a goddamn toll booth. Yep. Is he just burning up? Is there an AC like stuck in the window there? Or? I don't I think like so. the thing that he has like he just has like a one hitter fry later right there. <laughs> <laughs> Puts so the little thing of fries. Here, here's the weird thing about the booth. It's new. Like that hmm. was constructed within the last six months. That was not there before. Uh. So before it was just like a menu that you ordered through like most others. But I think that there's like a weird bylaw thing in this town because Dunkin' Donuts has a similar situation where like you don't order and pay at the same place. Yeah, but I mean every other fucking place in the country has two windows. This so th- th- they, have, this, they have three there. You th- order, you pay, and then you pick up. Yeah, this oh, this weird. one this was weird because like uh, I just one of the times we came to record here, I really wanted a milkshake, so I pull into McDonald's Attaboy. and uh, I start I start I start rolling through the drive-through and I see this guy like oh shit and he runs for the booth. Like, like, so it was unattended. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Good. That's, yeah, that's that's pretty good stuff. How was the milkshake? It was a McDonald's milkshake. <laughs> Did oh. you get the Shamrock Shake? No. Which you can get like outside of March. I bet. I bet you could probably convince him to dig out the syrup. <laughs> uh, Emily was showing me uh, Epic Meal Time. Oh, oh Jesus! The other day, and it was the one where they do a fast food lasagna. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go to Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, go. He guy goes to every fast food place, and he's like, yeah. Uh, I need uh, 15 Whoppers. And the woman's like, excuse me? He's like, 15 Whoppers. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I feel like that isn't even a weird order. Yeah. like, But if you're doing it at a Wendy's. So it's funny yeah. because one, one of the guys, I think I think it was at the Wendy's, the guy's like, oh, what are you having a party? And the guy just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was. Uh, I went to the ballet, I think, a couple of years ago with, uh, with my wife. I can't remember which one it was, though. Was it the hilariously titled Nutcracker? <laughs> it was not the Nutcracker. No, it, it was another Tchaikovsky one, though. Uh, why am I... Swan Lake? Phantom of the Opera? It, no. <laughs> Stomp. Stomp <laughs> was... Uh, ah, the Blue Man Group. ...was Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> oh, okay, my yeah. bad, my bad. I, I actually think it was Swan Lake. 
uh, what was it that one? I, I went twice last year. We went twice last year, and there, there was some other more obscure one. One, one of his B sides. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to know that you go to ballets, Patrick, because Emily wants me to go to one, and I don't. I don't want to go alone. All right, so if you guys are interested, Danielle's been talking about going to like some sort of dance thing, and she's like, "I will DD." Going home if you want to like stop at a bar afterwards. <laughs> so then, oh I no, can, can we get shit faced at the ballet? So so yeah, she, they got they got a bar at, at the ballet. So well, what she was proposing was that she goes uh, and the ladies all DD. So afterwards, they can we can all go to a bar. The dudes can get shit faced and they can all just talk about the ballet and like gush about it. Mm. So I'm I like down. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife likes ballet too. So, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I just I mean I like the music. I love Tchaikovsky. I think he's a, he's a brilliant composer i just the dancing just doesn't do it for me i don't know the dancing is like a weird blank for me that's like one of the things that makes me feel like i'm on the spectrum a little bit because i just i feel yeah. nothing from it i see yeah. it happening and i don't understand well, that, what's that's going on. like yeah my wife will be like she'll, she'll be like it, it's so like beautiful and moving and it's like yeah i i can understand why you think it is but i'm just i'm not getting they're, anything they're attractive people and there's movement if that's what you're referring right. to i mean i saw the nutcracker when i was in like second grade which is not a play you should see as a second grader because all the men in tights you could see their balls and uh <laughs> Ooh, as, talk about as, movement. as a second year old boy <laughs> and you're fucking sitting there with your friend you're just fucking cracking up yeah, yeah. like that you're not yeah that's not the audience <laughs> you want <laughs> And the teacher's I, off to the side, like, boy, knock it off! Stop it! <laughs> uh, you can see his balls! <laughs> okay, it's, it's very funny, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so I think we've uh, we've hit the nadir here of uh, conversation. <laughs> Talk about uh, ballet balls. <laughs> so, yeah, so do you have anything specific you want to plug? Uh, any shows coming up or anything? Uh, September... Ninth or no seventh at O'Brien's Big Lonesome on September seventh. Yeah, it should be the Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah, I could probably make that. Yeah, Sick. down in Dirty Austin. Love yeah. OBs. One yeah, of the O'Brien's last, is great uh, venues that you can probably play in Boston. I've and, still uh, never been to O'Brien's. What? Oh, it's good. They have a stall, like a toilet stall there, but there's no door. Ah, nice. So if you need to go number two, good luck. That's one of those places where you, where you can just like spark up a bowl outside and like no one says a fucking thing. Well, you can do that now anyway. Yeah, I mean you it's can kind of do that everywhere now, but like I remember you could do that like. Oh, I'm sorry. Know, I thought this was America. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> my my buddy actually he was on a. Uh, it's a Frank uh, Capone. He's on uh, WMF Radio. The mm-hmm. uh, the jerks, the young jerks. That, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was at a casino with him from our, our buddy's uh, bachelor party and. He was on the floor of the casino in Rhode Island smoking uh, weed out of the packs. And the oh, uh, guy's like, is that weed? He's like, yeah, what's wrong? It's America. <laughs> it's, uh, him and, uh, what's his name, Matt Crawford or something? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I follow him on, on the Facebook. Yeah. He, yeah. he loves his weed. Yeah, they're funny guys. Yeah. All right, so September 9th at O'Brien's, big lonesome. Oh, September uh, 7th. Mike Crawford, sorry. September 7th. Yep, September 7th. Yes, that is 9-7. Uh, Jim. Patrick, you guys got anything? Uh, I'll just plug my Instagram again. <laughs> I do my daily drum clip. You can watch bang on the skids every day. It's pretty impressive. It makes me feel how bad Meta-drum. I am. <laughs> do you slam? M-E-T-A-D-R-U-M-M-E-R. I didn't slam at all. You didn't slam today. You didn't. Actually, I don't think I slammed on you last have, episode either. You haven't. And you know what? I'm okay with How that. did you not <laughs> slam on Anima? Oh, my God. Well, maybe just because the whole thing slams. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say that H probably slams. Yeah. Oh, maybe I did say it slams. I think you did. 
Sorry. Patrick, what do you got? <laughs> uh, well, uh, Bears for Years is playing at Began's uh, on September 29th. Uh, Began's in Boston over on Portland Street. We're playing with uh, the Golden Years of Dutch Pop, oh. Ruby Fruit Jungle, and uh, a 2 be announced. We're, we're still looking for an 11. I love, I love that, to be announced. So, <laughs> yeah. so that time of year, too, if you are a young college-aged man, don't get yourself drunk and wander off alone, because you might end up in the Charles River. Oh, yep. mm. yes. So if you're going to die... Boston serial killer. If you're going to die, please do it at McGann's, and preferably after <laughs> you've already paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, Smell is going to be... Oh, you know what, Patrick? I wonder what? if the Boston serial killer stole your keyboard stand. Oh, my God. <laughs> like did, you, did you check like the you river? S- yeah. Did you check the for your keyboard stand? My keyboard is a, is a 25-year-old white male. Uh, <laughs> it was missing for three weeks, and then it just appeared in the river. <laughs> uh, Smell is going to be playing, actually, at O'Brien's uh, on... Nice. Uh, when is that happening? That's September 20th on uh, the oh-so-exciting rock music night of Thursday. That's uh, nice, very rock and roll. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember who I'm Thursday playing Thursday is the new Tuesday. Thursday is the new Tuesday. Uh <laughs> fuck. Um I, I forget who I'm playing with that night, but I'll I'll uh, I'll remember that for next week. Sorry. Sorry, teacher. No problem. I'll break my homework next time. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to respond to the the fucking look you gave me a second ago. <laughs> what look? It was just, just my face. No, it was not. Don't fucking give me that. It was this weird doughy eyed look of like Someone who had let me down, but wanted to like look cute, and I have never seen a less appealing look on your face. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I I don't have shit going on. So, what about uh, the uh, plug the hands prayer shit? Oh yeah, I mean we're we're gonna be making a short film uh, later in the month. Um, that's what's happening on the 9th of September. Is we'll be right. filming that. Mm. Um, yeah, and we're going to be submitting it to the weird local film festival. Uh, which will be happening shortly thereafter. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you check YouTube for Hands Brera, that is H-A-N-D-S-B-R-E-R-R-A, uh, you can check out some of the other stuff that we have made, including um, the Fist's Bad Handshake, which is a collaboration from uh, multiple people, including three of the people around this table, and uh, as well as some other trash that uh, my wife and I have made <laughs> and we want to litter the internet with. <laughs> I was doing the Lord's work. Well, you know, there's so much space out there on that internet, and we just need to make sure that no one can find what they're looking for. Absolutely not. (laughs) Create as much confusion and just absurdity as possible. Jam that culture. All right. So, yeah, I think that'll probably just about do it for us. Uh, I am Christopher. I'm Patrick. And I'm Jim, and we'll see you in hell. And I'm Seth.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.